0: So, today we're going to dive back into part two of a sermon series that Trent started last week uh, called Take Up. So, everybody say "Take Take Up. And what we're going to learn in this particular sermon series is what Jesus really wants us to know and understand about what it really means to be one of his disciples and to be one of his followers. So is there anybody else besides me want to learn what it really means to be a a true follower and a disciple of Jesus? Let me see your hands, Okay, All right, so if that's your heart today, I want to encourage you uh, to lean in to what we're going to hear from Jesus today. And uh, let's all leave here today uh, learning what it really means to be one of his followers and to be one of his disciples. So can we do something before we start? Let's just pray. And um, I just want to thank God for the privilege and the opportunity that I have uh, to be back here today. So God, thanks for today. Thanks for, uh, for your church and Lord, the privilege and the freedom that we have to gather together corporately uh, in a setting like this every single week. And God, I'm so grateful for Epic Church and uh, Lord, just the way that you have used them in my life over the last few months. And, and Lord, I'm grateful to have the privilege and opportunity to be back on stage and God, just to use the gift and the talent and ability that you've given me, Lord, I want to be faithful uh, to share what you've put on my heart today. Lord, I know that you can speak so much better than I can. So Lord, I don't know anybody's heart, I don't know anybody's life here today, but God, I believe that you've got something that you all want us to learn today that we can take and apply to our life uh, to help us learn and understand what it really means uh, to be one of your followers and to be one of your disciples. So God, accomplish what you want to accomplish in this place today. Lord, I especially ask that you give me energy and strength and help me to deliver this message with clarity and courage. For it's all these things I pray and ask in your name. And everybody said, amen. If you see me doing this a lot, it's because I got some nerves that are coming back to life and they're a little bit sensitive. Um, If you see me do this on occasion, um, it's because I've lost about 17 pounds and I do not recommend open heart surgery as a weight loss strategy. Uh, but it is effective, and it does work, and I'm still getting used to, uh, uh, to my clothes and all those kind of things, so just bear with me. Those of you that know me uh, and have seen me on stage before, you know from time to time I can get a little bit animated, and I like to move around a little bit. Uh, I'm going to try to be careful with that today, but uh, I'm not going to make um, any promises, okay? Because I just believe the Lord's going to um, do something special in all of our lives Um, here today, okay? Before we read Luke chapter 9, verses 23 through 26, let me just give you a little bit of uh, just a heads up, Uh, not necessarily a disclaimer or something like that, but just let me help you understand. Uh, Today's message and today's talk is what I call uh, a a where the rubber meets the road uh, kind of a message. Um, Jesus is going to say some things to us today that um, may be very uncomfortable for us to hear and to understand, and I want to encourage you just to kind of lean into what Jesus has to say to us today, especially if you're a Christ follower. If there's been a time in your life where you've said yes to Jesus and you've placed your faith and your trust in Him, I want to especially ask you to lean into what Jesus has to say today and really consider what He wants to accomplish in our lives today, okay? So if you're ready, say uh huh. Uh-huh. All right, here we go Luke chapter 9. Verse number 23 through 26, here's what Jesus said. Jesus says, then he, that's Jesus, said to all of them, talking about uh, his followers, uh, people who were following after Jesus, certainly his disciples would be included in, in, in all that. And uh, it says, then he said to all of them, if anyone wants to come with me. Now, let me stop right there for just a minute because if you missed last Sunday, Uh, you might not really understand what that first phrase means. And I would encourage you to go back on any of our social media platforms and uh, our website and watch part one of our take-up series last week. Basically what we learned when Jesus said, if anyone wants to come after me, Jesus was extending an invitation to everybody. Uh, There was no exclusion. And the phrase that Trent did a great job at communicating last week is that When Jesus said, if anyone wants to come after me, what Jesus is saying is that Jesus picks us. He wants everyone to be on Team Jesus. And when you get on Team Jesus, guess what? You get on the winning team because Jesus always, always, always wins. And Jesus always associates himself uh, with victory and, and with overcoming. So when he says there, if anyone wants to come with me, he's extending an invitation to every single one of us. But then he turns a little bit of a corner and he starts to go a little bit deeper in what that really means. And he says this next. He says, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life because of me will save it. What is a man benefited if he gains the whole world, yet loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes into his glory and that of the Father and of the holy angels." Today, we're gonna take a real serious look at at what Jesus is really saying here. We're gonna specifically drill down into the second part of verse number 23, when Jesus said, if anyone wants to follow me, if anyone wants to come after me, he's gotta do three things. He's gotta deny himself, he's gotta take up his cross daily, and he's got to follow me. So here's the big question that we wanna try to answer today. What does it really mean to deny ourselves to take up our cross, and to follow Jesus. What does it really mean to deny ourselves, to take up our cross, and follow Jesus? Uh, For those of us that are here today, and and we're Christ followers, there's been that time where we've said yes to Jesus. We've crossed that line of faith, and and placed our faith and trust in him, and said, Jesus, I want you to come into my life, and forgive me of my sins, and, and help me navigate life, and and take me to be with you forever in a perfect place called heaven. If you've made that decision, one of the questions or the decisions that we make every single day is whether or not we're gonna live for ourselves or whether or not we're gonna live for Jesus. We've gotta ask ourselves that question and, 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 and it might look differently for you than it does for me, but at the end of the day, If we're gonna call ourselves a Christ follower, every single day, we have to decide, are we gonna live today for myself or am I gonna live today for Jesus? And in order to answer that question, you may have to ask yourself another question. And the question you might have to ask yourself, well, if I'm gonna live for Jesus, what is that gonna cost me? And once you decide what it costs you, then you've got to decide, are you willing to pay the price? Are you willing to pay the cost? And here's the first thing that I want us to understand about what Jesus is saying here in Luke chapter nine and verse number 23. Jesus is making it really clear that if we choose to become one of his disciples, if we choose to place our faith and our trust in him, he wants us to know and understand there is a cost. It's gonna cost you something it's going to cost you your time. It's going to cost your, your, your commitment. It's going to cost your allegiance. There, there is a cost to following Jesus. And I know, especially in the local church, a lot of times we like to talk about the benefits of following Jesus. We like to talk about how much Jesus loves us and certainly he loves us unconditionally. We, talk, we like to talk about his peace, and his joy and his forgiveness and all of those things are part of the benefit of following Jesus. But the flip side of that coin is that Jesus makes it really, really clear in his scripture to, the, to us that if we are going to choose to follow him, if we are going to call ourselves a Christ follower, if we're going to call ourselves a discipler or a learner of Jesus, there is a cost. And that's what Jesus is going to unpack for us. And I would submit to us today that if we choose to live for ourself, there's, that's really not a hard thing to do. We can just follow after the latest trends in our culture and our society. We can pursue the latest fashions and gadgets and toys. Um, we can work at climbing the corporate ladder or achieving that next uh, promotion or, or raise at, at our jobs. And again, in and of those selves of the, in and of themselves, those things are not bad and they're not wrong. But at the end of the day, if that's all we live for, then our life or our significance and our success is going to be measured by the acquisition of just things and stuff. And Jesus says something about that there in verse number 25. He says, What is a man benefited if he gains the whole world, yet loses or forfeits himself? I would submit that following Jesus is a whole different matter. And choosing to follow Jesus and choosing to live for him is a conscious choice that has a cost. And I just sat down a few days ago and, and I made a list for myself. I, I don't know what might be on your list, but I just sat down and made a list of some things that if I'm going to be a true follower of Jesus, if I'm going to deny myself and take up my cross daily, and I'm going to follow him the way that he calls me to follow him, here's some things that it's going to cost Pastor Brian. And, and I would challenge you maybe sometime today or this evening before you go to bed, or maybe sometime this week when you're having some personal time by yourself with God that maybe you might consider making your own list, but, but here's just some things that I wrote down of, of what it's gonna cost me to serve Jesus. It's gonna cost me my days and my nights. It's gonna cost me my time and my money. It's gonna cost me my efforts and my wants. It's gonna cost me my desires and my hopes. It's going to cost me my dreams and my goals. It's going to cost me my perspective and my preferences. It's going to cost me my schedule and my reactions. It's going to cost me my bad habits and my good habits. It's going to cost me my sin. It's going to cost me my very self, my everything, moment by moment, day after day, for as long as I live. You know what the conclusion I came to after I made that list for myself about the cost of following Jesus? The conclusion that I came to is that if I'm going to follow Jesus the way that he calls me to follow him and his word, it's going to cost me everything. It's going to cost me everything. Matter of fact, that's our bottom line thought for today. Trent talked about our BLT a couple of weeks ago and last week. Our bottom line thought for today is this right here. Following Jesus costs us everything. And listen, before you pull the plug or put your earbuds in or tune me out, think about what you're going to do the rest of the day or this week and work and all that kind of thing. Let me ask you just to consider what it costs Jesus for you and I to even have an opportunity to be on his team. For you and I to even have an opportunity to have our sins forgiven. And to be able to have him walk alongside us in our life's journey. And when our time on this earth is done, to have an opportunity to be able to spend eternity in a perfect place called heaven with him forever and ever and I'm just gonna ask you to consider what it costs Jesus before you decide that uh, everything is too high a price for you to pay. You see, believing in and following Jesus is not easy. And anybody tells you that it is, is lying to you. Because all you have to do is look at scripture And this is one particular passage today where we can understand, hey, what Jesus is calling us to is not easy, but the benefits are literally going to be out of this world. You see, the picture that Jesus uses here is the picture of the cross, and this is very intentional in Jesus' part, because if you back up to verse number 21 and verse number 22, Jesus has just predicted his death to his followers. And as you read through the gospel encounters of when he, Jesus predicted his death, he told them about what kind of death he was going to die, that he was going to be arrested at the hands of the Roman centurions, that he was going to be brutally beaten that he was gonna have a, a, a crown of thorns placed on his head, and that he was gonna be nailed to a Roman cross and crucified by execution. And the picture that Jesus paints for us here is very intentional um, on his part. And, and I think it's worth noting that when Jesus said, if anyone wants to, to come after me, I think it's worthy noting that what Jesus does not say next. Jesus said, if anyone wants to follow after me, Jesus did not say, then just go to church. Jesus did not say, if anyone wants to follow after me, get involved in a small group and join a small group. Jesus did not say, if anyone wants to follow after me and be my disciple, uh, show up on 3G Saturday and serve or get involved in a ministry team at church. And those are all great and wonderful things and they certainly add value to our Christian life. But, but I think it's important to understand that we dive into what Jesus is really saying when he says, if anyone wants to come after me, he must, he must. It's what the, word, what the scripture says. It, it's a command. It's an imperative. It says he must deny himself. He must take up his cross daily, and he must follow me. And to help us understand that, let me explain a little bit about the cross in the first century when Jesus lived. The cross in a Roman culture um, was not a fun topic or a topic of polite discussion in in that culture. If anyone was sentenced to die uh, by Roman execution on a Roman cross, uh, it was was because of, of something that they had really messed up. Uh, We would think of it in terms of capital punishment in our world today. But uh, the Roman cross was a symbol of shame. It was a symbol of guilt. It was a symbol of suffering. It was a symbol of rejection. There's a lot being talked about in in our society today about cancel culture. Can I tell you something, church? Cancel culture is nothing new. The Romans in the first century were masters at it. And history records for us that when the Romans would come into a new territory or a new town or a new village or a new city and they would want to occupy that city, which is the world that Jesus lived in in the first century, one of the first things they would do would be to round up the first 15 or 20 people they encounter and they would nail them to a cross and they would kill them by execution as a show of strength. They were masters at cancel culture. And if you were sentenced to die on a Roman cross, it had to do with shame and rejection and suffering. And nobody went around talking about the Roman cross uh, in, a, in a polite conversation. There were no Roman crosses hanging on people's walls in their homes. There were no jewelry in the marketplace of Roman, of Roman crosses. I don't have anything against crosses being around our necks and in our earrings and and wall art. We've got one on stage today, and it's beautiful. I don't know who made it, but they did a fantastic job. I don't have anything against that. But church, we need to understand what it costs Jesus for us to be able to even have a relationship with him. And what he calls us to when he says, if you want to be my follower, you must... Deny yourself, you must take up your cross, and you must follow me. On December the 3rd of last year, there were two things that happened in my life that would change my life forever. Number one is about 5.30 that morning, this is a Thursday morning on December the 3rd of last year, on Thursday morning I got a phone call that I was expecting Because on the day prior to that, on Wednesday, I went and spent the day with my mother um, who was dying of colon cancer. And when I left her bedside that Wednesday afternoon, I knew that I would probably never see my mom again on this side of eternity. It was necessary for me to come home because I had a doctor's appointment the next day. And at 5.30 in the morning on December the 3rd, my sister called me and she was weeping and sobbing and she said, Brian, mom's gone. She slipped off into eternity. And that changed my world forever. because My mom was my hero. And I'd spent the last year and a half or so doing my part as one of her children to try to take care of her. And We knew that inevitably that time was going to come and it did. But six hours later, on that same day, I would find myself laying on a heart cath lab table after a doctor did a heart cath on me, and he looked at me, and he said, Mr. Baker, I've got some bad news for you. He said, you have coronary artery disease in your heart, and I'm recommending that you have quadruple bypass surgery. That was not something that I was expecting to hear that day. And then later the surgeon would come in and he said, Mr. Baker, I want to explain to you what this procedure is like if this is what you choose to do. And he said, basically, uh, we're going to put you out. We're going to cut your chest open. We're going to saw your sternum in half. I'm literally going to take your heart out and we're going to stop it for about 40 minutes while I do some work on it. And I don't know what would go through your mind, but in that moment... What went through my mind is, this is a big deal. When a doctor tells me that, you know what it did for me? In an instant, in an instant, it changed my perspective on just about everything in my life, including my faith. And what I've had the opportunity to do over the last four and a half, five months since surgery is to really consider my life in every area of my life and who Jesus is and what my real commitment is to him and what he really expects of me and there's some things that that I thought I had a pretty good handle on that I've changed the way I think about some things and one of the things I've changed the way I think about is the way that I do church and listen, I've been in church all my life, and I've, I've given my life uh, to serving as a pastor and leader in the local church, and I'm not casting stones at the church today. But you know what? I've discovered in my personal life, and I don't know if this is maybe how, how some of you feel here today, I think we've become way too casual, especially in the church of America today. I think we've become way too casual in what it really means for us to follow Jesus. And we think that because we show up at church two or three times a month or because we are involved in a small group or because we get involved in a serving activity that somehow that qualifies us as a disciple or as a follower of Jesus. And can I tell you something, church, as humbly and respectfully as I know how, that is not the picture that Jesus is painting in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. When he says, if anyone wants to come with me, you've got to deny yourself, you've got to take up your cross, and you've got to follow me. And you know what? Over the last year and a half, this is something else I've had to consider. I've had to learn to do a lot of things brand new. COVID has caused us to gather together in different ways. We've had to learn how to eat out in different ways. Uh, we had to learn how to travel in new ways. We've had to, had to learn how to uh, to do anything just about in our culture and our society today. So you know what I've, I've begun to consider? All right, well, if I've had to learn all those different new things, maybe I need to learn how to serve Jesus in some new ways. Maybe I need to, to take a serious look at what that looks like for me in my life and, and learn some new ways to, to serve Jesus. And I think when Jesus said, if anyone wants to follow after me, he's got to deny himself, take up his cross daily, that's an important word, and following, follow me. He's challenging us. He's challenging us to be all in with him. He's challenging us to make ourselves available to him in ways that we could never imagine or dream so that he could accomplish in us and through us his perfect will and his perfect plan for our life. And the best passage of scripture that I could help try to communicate that today is one found in the book of Romans in chapter 12, verses one and two. This is the apostle Paul writing to the church in Rome. And, uh, and, and this is from the message translation because I think it, it unpacks for us what Jesus is really saying here in Luke chapter nine and verse 23. Listen to what he says. He says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you, take your everyday ordinary life you're sleeping you're eating you're going to work and you're walking around life and place it before god as an offering embracing what god does for you is the best thing that you can do for him then he goes on to say don't become so well adjust- adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. You see how Jesus desires for us every day, every moment, every minute, every second for us to be dependent upon him, for us to surrender our lives for him, for us to give him every single part of every single day and lay it at his feet and trust him with it. In one word, the cross in Jesus' day meant death. And Jesus said, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. What is Jesus saying there? Jesus is saying, in essence, if we're going to be his disciples, we've got to learn to die to ourselves every day. We've got to lay down our life every day single day. We have to die to ourselves and we have to live for him. We've got to lose our own life and walk forward in his. We've got to turn from going our way to going the way that he wants us to go. And like that verse of scripture said there a moment ago, Jesus' way, God's way is always opposite of the culture's way. It's easy to follow the crowd. It's easy to go with the culture. And I get that there are things that are screaming at us every single day that are so tempting and they draw us towards, towards things that, that, that look good and sound good and feel good. But at the end of the day, the Bible says it's, it's empty and it's vain. The only thing that matters is a life well lived for the cause of Christ. And when Jesus calls us to take up our cross and follow him, he's saying, you know what? You need to learn how to die to yourself every single day. And I would submit that if we're true followers of Jesus, if we're true disciples of Jesus, the longer we live and the more we get to know Jesus, that's going to that's be played out in our life on a regular, consistent basis. We're never going to be perfect because we're human. We're never going to have it all figured out because there are things about God and our relationship with him that we're just not going to be able to fit into our our human finite brains. And that's why it's a walk of faith. That's why a journey of trusting Jesus with every single area of our life. And and again, before you say, oh, Pastor Brian, that's too hard. That's too much of a cost. Here's what I would say to that. You're absolutely right. That's why we need Jesus. That's why we need him in, in, in our life. And And I think the writer of Hebrews says it best. He says, keeping our eyes on Jesus, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that lay before him, Trent talked about that last week. You know who the joy that lay before Jesus was? It was you. And it was me. And Jesus was willing to go to a cross. Matter of fact, that next phrase says right there, who for the joy that lay before him, what'd he do? Endured a cross, endured the shame, endured the rejection, endured the suffering, endured the pain, endured a cross, and despised the shame and has sat down at the right hand of God's throne. In other words, he completed everything that was necessary for us to be in relationship with him and for us to have victory in life, and for us to be able to follow him wholeheartedly, he completed it. And the good news for you and I today is that Jesus never asks us to bear our cross alone, but he does call us to die to ourselves so that he might live in us. Listen to how the apostle Paul says that in the book of Galatians chapter 2, Verses 19 and 20. See if you don't notice another theme, okay? Remember, Jesus said, if anyone wants to come after me, he's got to do what? Deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Hebrews 12 said that Jesus endured a cross. Paul says in Galatians chapter nine, I have been crucified with Christ. You see the pattern there? I have been crucified with Christ. Let me stop right there for just a minute and ask us all a question to consider. What is it that you need to crucify in your life so that you can deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Jesus in a greater way? What is it that you need to crucify and lay down so that Jesus can be Jesus in your life? I don't know what it looks like for you. Maybe it's an attitude of somebody that you've refused to forgive who's hurt you in some way. Uh, maybe there's a boss or a coworker at your job that you just can't stand to be in their presence. And every time you're in their presence, you just uh, uh, are mean and, and disrespectful and uh, unkind. Uh, maybe it's a dream that you have for your life that God's asking you to lay down So, say, you know what? Why don't you take a look at what I have for your life? Why don't you follow my dream for your life? Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. According to that verse, the bottom line is that God has not left us alone to fight against ourselves and against our flesh. He gives us his Holy Spirit when we place our faith and our trust in Jesus and he enables us to say no to our flesh. He enables us to put our flesh to death. He enables us to die to ourselves, so that we can take up our cross and follow him. I used to think that taking up my cross, when I would read this pastor's scripture, I used to think that taking up my cross meant that there was this thing that I had to bear in life. And maybe you've heard that at some point in time or somebody's told you, because you have a, a, a maybe a disease or a handicap or a physical illness or an ailment or or maybe it's an emotional issue that you struggle with maybe depression or or anxiety or or worry and somebody's told you well if you can't vi- get victory over that well that's 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 your cross that you have to bear. I don't believe that's what Jesus is talking about right here. What I believe Jesus is talking about right here is that when when we're when we're taking up our cross, it means that we're learning to die to ourselves every single day. Even moment by moment. It means that we're learning to die to ourselves. We're saying no to ourselves and we're saying yes to him because we're one of his disciples. And I know it's not easy. I know there are times where we're going to make mistakes and we're going to fall short. I know there are times when we're going we're to not get it right, but at the end of the day, it is so worth it. So how do we die to ourselves and take up our cross? I can sum it up in one word. It's the word surrender. How do we die ourselves to ourselves and take up our cross? We've got to surrender. Maybe there's somebody here today and, and that's just, not in your vocabulary. And I don't know what you think about when you think about surrender, but I think of somebody who's, who's waving the white flag and saying, you know what? I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of struggling. I'm tired of living my life on my own terms, trying to figure it out and it never working out the way that I want it to. And we're waving that white flag and we're saying, Jesus, I want to try it your way. I want to apply your word to my life. I want to surrender to your will for my life. I want to surrender to your plan for me. In just a minute, we're going to close singing one of my favorite songs of all time. It's a little chorus, a little hymn called I Surrender All. And if you grew up in church at all, that may be a familiar course to you. But it says all to Jesus, I surrender All to him I freely give. See, here's the thing I love about Jesus. Jesus is a perfect gentleman. He's never going to force himself on anybody. He's never going to browbeat you into submission to following him. He simply says, like Trent taught us last week, offers an invitation to us and says, if anyone wants to come and follow me, come on. You want to be on Team Jesus? Come on. I'll take anybody and everybody, but no one understand. If you're going to follow me, there's some things you got to do. You got to deny yourself. You got to take up your cross daily, and you got to commit to following me. And here's something I can promise you with all my heart, as sure as I'm standing here today, you will never, ever, ever regret choosing to be on Team Jesus. Never. There's not anything you will ever face in your life where you will regret saying yes to Jesus. And this little course is called I Surrender All. And I want to encourage you to use it as, as your, your moment with God. And would you be willing to surrender every area of your life to Him? If you're here today and you don't know Him as your Lord and as your Savior, maybe you need to surrender your heart to Him today. You need to invite him to come in your life and ask him to forgive you of your sins, to help you in life, and to take you to be with him forever in heaven one of these days. If that's the prayer of your heart, the Bible says you can be saved today. You, you can become one of his children today. Or maybe there's that thing that you just need to, to lay at Jesus' feet today and say, Jesus, I'm, I'm surrendering in this area of my life. I'm giving it to you. As you leave today, we're going to give you a little gift, a little token of of this particular series. Um, It's a little wooden cross made out of olive wood from Israel. And it's real easy. It'll fit in your pocket. You can carry it with you, you can hold it in your hand. But I, I want to encourage you to take this cross today as a reminder of what Jesus calls us to when he says, If you're going to follow me, you need to be willing to deny yourself need to be willing to take up your cross and you need to be willing to follow him wholeheartedly and let this cross be a reminder to you today tomorrow and this week and this month and this year and forever how long Jesus gives us the opportunity to live let this little cross be a reminder to you that you have surrendered to him and you are one of his children and you're going to follow after him. We've committed to reading through the Gospel of Luke this week for this particular series. And I want to encourage you to pick up our spiritual growth challenge because there's some reading plans on there. There's some questions and there's some, uh, just some great tools and resources there that will help you in your personal time with God. And what you're going to find as we close today on that spiritual growth challenge is a prayer. So in just a minute, I want to ask our worship team to come out on stage. And we're going to close a little bit differently today than what we normally do. So I'm going to invite Matt and our team back on stage. And in just a minute, I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet. And um, I've prepared a corporate prayer for us today. And I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer out loud with me as we close our service today. And just before we spend um, our last few moments singing this, this course together. And I want you to consider the words of this prayer. I've included the prayer on your spiritual growth challenge as well. And I would encourage you to take it with you. Pray it every single day this week. In those moments where you're struggling to deny yourself, and to take up your cross and follow Jesus, pray this prayer and pray it out loud. And it'll be a help in that moment, I promise. So let me invite you to stand your feet. If you're able, can I invite you to stand all over uh, the room today? And I'm just going to invite you to pray this prayer out loud. And then Matt and our team are going to lead us in I Surrender All. So here we go. Jesus, please grant me the grace that I need to take up my cross daily, moment by moment, decision by decision, thought by thought. Help me remember that you love me and lay down your life for me. Help me to live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I want to wake up every day reminding myself that you died for me and you will help me to live for you. In your name I pray. Amen. God bless you. Let's sing together.